Hey friend, I have no idea where you are right now, but I know you are in the right place. In fact, I believe God has brought you to this moment to deliver a message to you, and I hope you'll hear it. My name is Todd Martin, and I'm the pastor at Smithville Mennonite Church, and I'd like to pray with you before I give you the message God has for you. Oh Lord, help me to say what you want me to today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, the title of today's message is No Sweat. And it comes from Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. You know, I believe everyone will face the heat. Heat being a test, a challenge, or a trial that is beyond their control or capacity. Now, I began this series uh, several weeks back telling you the story of my friend Linda, who was almost murdered. Now, she faced the heat of tremendous physical, mental, and spiritual trauma. She still struggles with mental illness to this day, but by the grace of God, is finding victory and healing through Jesus. It's in those times of heat that we also face a choice. Do I rely on my own strength? Do I rely on the strength of others? Or do I rely on the strength of God? Now, I hope that you remember the legendary story in the book of Daniel about three men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, men who faced the heat of an external enemy who had a literal blazing furnace that they were physically tossed into. But they faced the heat with faith in God, and that gave them courage. While we often look at the physical challenge they face, that is being thrown into the fiery furnace, I believe the mental struggle was probably just as great, if not greater. They had to face the heat. They had to refuse to conform to the wicked culture around them and the wild king who threatened them. I wonder who gave them such mental toughness and courage? Well, make no mistake, the Holy Spirit empowered them. Yet I can't help but think they knew the word of God as well. Being Hebrew boys, they would have known the scriptures and had them hidden in their hearts. Perhaps even the text we will look at today. Now, we know that Daniel, who was a peer of theirs, the man who wrote the story down, he himself had to face the heat. But his heat was, as you remember, more like the hot breath of lions when he was tossed into the lion's den for his faithfulness. But did you know that Daniel actually quotes the book of Jeremiah in his book, the book of Daniel. You see, I believe they knew a promise that talked about facing the heat without fear that Jeremiah wrote about. I believe 
This promise that we're going to read today can give us what we need to face the fires we encounter with no sweat. Why? Well, because here's your promise. And if you recall, in other weeks, I'll say just like, and you say Jeremiah. So here we go. Just like Jeremiah, God will give you courage to face the heat. Just like Jeremiah, God will give you courage to face the heat. Now, the struggle for mental health is one that takes courage. When we face any challenge, our confidence is tested. Often, we come to the end of ourselves rather quickly. This is especially true when battling the demons of depression, anxiety, and fear. Our courage account can be drained quickly, and we come up empty. Friends, this is why we're having this focus on mental health for the next several Sundays. The promises of God can help us fill up with His Spirit and then with courage. Now I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. And again, a reminder, if you do not have a Bible you can read and understand, I wish you would just let me know and I'll be sure and get you one. If you stick around till the end of the message, I'll tell you how you can do that. Also, I want to give a little context to this text. Since we're just doing two verses, you need to know what's going on around these two verses. You see, the prophet Jeremiah has just explained how men that trust in themselves or other gods will be headed for disaster. Their stuff will be plundered. Their people will be enslaved. And in general, they will be a ruined people. But then in the middle of that pops up this wonderful promise that illustrates a sharp contrast between a person of faith in the God of the Bible. Let's hear this lovely promise. Verse 7, again of Jeremiah 17. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Now, if you like to write down subpoints, this is your subpoint for verse 7. In Christ is our confidence. In Christ is our confidence. Then I often like to give you a challenge question, something you can think about or talk about. And this is it. In who or what do you really trust? In who or what do you really trust? What do you have your confidence in? Do you have your confidence in your car, in your investments, in your home? Perhaps in your parents, in your kids, in your spouse, in your boss, maybe the government, or maybe it's more personal. Maybe your confidence or your trust 
is in your talents and abilities. Friend, when everything else fails, who do you trust? You know, I love that our money uh, still has the phrase on it, in God we trust. But do we really trust God? Moreover, who or perhaps what is God to you? As Americans, looking at our money, who is God? Or perhaps money has become our God. It's easy for that to happen. I know that there are atheist organizations that strive to have those that phrase removed. Even the motto of Ohio. Did you know the motto of Ohio is, With God, all things are possible. Which, by the way, is the only state model that is a direct biblical quote and the very words of Jesus at that. So, I'm very happy to be an Ohioan. But these mottos remain, even though people are trying to remove them. I love that these are part of our culture. But what do they really mean to our people? The problem is, people have all kinds of lesser gods that we trust in. This is the fast track to mental illness. When we trust in temporary or even frail things of this world to give us security and serenity, because sooner or later, they will fail and we will face the heat of a crisis. And that crisis is a failed God. This is a traumatic loss. So what's the answer? Oh friend, you need to know the answer is simply this. Begin a relationship with the living God of the Bible through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, right now, the Holy Spirit may be whispering in your ear, you need a better God. Maybe your conscience is saying, your life is not working. You need someone bigger, someone stronger and wiser and more compassionate, even more eternal than you are to help you face the heat. Right now is the time for you to do that. You can sit right where you are and reach out to the God that my friend Linda did, that Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and even Jeremiah did, so they could make it through. You too can begin to trust in him. You know, why don't, why don't you just let me do that right now? Oh Lord, if there's someone out there listening that needs you, that they need a God they can truly trust in, oh Lord, I pray, even as your word is open before them, that your spirit would be working and you would draw people to you. Lord, that someone right now would reach out and say, I need you, Lord. I need you to give me courage and help. I can't do it on my own. And Lord, that they would believe you are the God of the Bible. And indeed, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and make the relationship right between us and you. And Lord, I pray that they would commit their lives to following you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Here again, if you did that, I'd love to know about it. Uh, and so I'll let you know at the end of the message how you can reach out to me. But let's continue on. Because if you do that, if you begin that relationship with Jesus, here's the benefit. Here's what you can uh, trust him for. Verse 8 in Jeremiah 17. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Now, I'm just going to do the first part of verse A, and here's your subpoint. Verse 8A. Get connected to the current. Get connected to the current. And then I just ask the question, how rooted do you feel? You know, another good title for this sermon besides No Sweat would have been Rooted. This is a core truth I hope you embrace. The reason we can face the heat is that we are rooted in Christ. Remember, he is the source of living water, water that quenches our thirst forever. This is the current you want to be connected to when the heat comes. Can I just ask you, how rooted do you feel right now? Friends, this is a plague of our age. We don't feel rooted to anything. Our image of life is more like a tumbleweed being blown along the winds of change and conflict than a well-watered, deep-rooted tree. I'm afraid that's how many people feel today. They have no roots. If you have no roots, you can't get connected to anything. So how do we grow roots? Well, by being still. You know, you can go and plant a tree as deep as you like in the best soil available. But if you dig it up every day, it will never grow roots. Friend, do you feel dug up? Do you feel displaced and disoriented? Can I just tell you that being rooted starts with you and your relationship with Jesus? Do you spend time being still with him on a regular basis? Now, I know it, I sound like a broken record sometimes, but are you in the word and prayer every day? In other words, are you reading the Bible and going to God, talking to God every day? Even more so, do you get silent and still and listen to God? Are you in a Sunday school class or worship service every week? Are you in a small group or a Bible study at least once a month? Friend, this is how spiritual roots begin to grow. But you need to know this. Isolation is the root ripper. Disconnecting from people in the body of Christ, also known as the church, for all the wrong reasons creates isolation, and that's a root ripper. Well, what are all the wrong reasons people get away from church? Well, they get too angry. They get too busy. They get too sad. Perhaps they are a bit too cool or too smart to be in church. Whatever root killer you are injecting into your relationship with the church, please stop it. Your rootedness 
is always connected to people who are connected to God. This is the primary purpose of the church, to keep us connected to him. Let me just say that again. Your rootedness is always connected to people who are connected to God. This is the primary purpose of the church, to keep us connected to him. Friends, this is why Jesus established the church, so we can be rooted so well. Now, just a real quickie, I need to clarify isolation is different than the discipline of solitude. We are doing a Sunday school class on mental illness, and so we talked about this extensively. People go into solitude for all the right reasons. That is, being by yourself with God. Well, what are all the right reasons to go into solitude? To listen and to be with God, to rest and study or discern or meditate. Now, those are good reasons to have solitude. Jesus himself spent tons of time in solitude, but it always pointed him back to community and prepared him for relationship with people. Isolation does exactly the opposite. Don't get them confused. And so here's the payoff of healthy, solid rootedness. Check out the last part of verse 8 in chapter 17 of the book of Jeremiah. I'll call it verse 8b. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Your subpoint for verse 8b, heat will come, but you will be cool. Heat will come, but you will be cool. And then I just asked the challenge question, what are your fears and worries? What's the heat that you're feeling right now? When the heat and dryness comes, what happens to you? Everyone gets tested in this life. We will all feel the heat. I don't know about you, but I wish I could be a worry-free tree. Why is this tree that we read about so fearless? It's rooted in relationship. Its confidence is in its creator, that is, Christ. It's connected to the current of living water deep under the surface. It has a source greater than the need could ever be. Friend, this is being connected to the body of Christ. I remember growing up over by Dalton. One summer, our well dried up. Now, this was no good. No water is a bad deal, unless you're a little boy like I was, and immediately thought, hooray, no more baths. But alas, the driller came, and a new well was dug. But it was then I was told of a way. A well would never run dry. 
You see, if you drill all the way down to the Big Indian, a huge underground river or aquifer that gushes far below the hot, dry summer weather, unaffected by what happens on the surface, this is deep water from long ago. This will keep your well from ever running dry. I often wondered if the two massive maple trees that stood by our house had its roots all the way down to the Big Indian. You see, they stayed green all summer long, no matter what. They were worry-free trees. What about you? Are you feeling the heat? What are you rooted to? But then, there's this beautiful conclusion that even in the heat, the fruit of the tree never fails. Friends, this is the true beauty of rootedness. Not only that you survive, but you thrive in the face of the heat. I heard a little quote, and I put it out on our sign. We have a a lovely sign out by Route, State Route 585, which our church is right along, and I preach to those 10,000 people a day that drive past with messages like this. When people pick on you, what fruit do they find? When people pick on you, what fruit do they find? That's what we have out on our sign, and I'd like you to think about it. You see, being picked on in and of itself is a kind of heat that we can peak we can feel. But then, to seriously consider, what fruit do they find? What fruit indeed? Perhaps it's a big, bad berry. Perhaps it's an angry, aggressive apple. Perhaps it's a punch-you-in-the-face peach. Oh, friend, what kind of fruit do they find? What if, when the heat comes, People start to pick on you. What if they would find fruit of another kind? What if God's people would continue to bear fruit, the very fruit of the Spirit, like a fresh, lemony love, the huge jackfruit of joy, perhaps a pear like peace and patience, a delicious kiwi kindness, the grapey goodness and gentleness, figgy faithfulness, or the strawberry of self-control. Wow, what a harvest that would be from a worry-free tree. What other kind of tree could produce such wonderful fruit? Do you need to have God Almighty give you the courage you need to face the heat? I know I do. If that is you today, put your confidence in Christ as the one and no one else. Then get connected to his current, that is, his Holy Spirit, through the church, the deep and wide living water that can flow through him to you. Then when the heat does come, you will be cool. Just like those big maples in my folks' backyard. Its leaves are still green today. I wonder if its roots ever made it to the big Indian, but regardless, I know it's connected to a big God that waters it. 
And that's the same God that can refresh you too. Even today, let us pray. Oh Lord, I pray that someone would be refreshed today, that someone would have courage to face the heat because they're connected to you. Oh Lord, give us courage and help us to be faithful in all you call us to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I want you to know that if you need a Bible or someone to pray with, you can always reach out to me, Todd Martin, at Smithville Mennonite Church. Our phone number is 330-669-3601. Again, that number is 330-669-3601. And our answering machine never sleeps. Nor does our website, which is smc585.org. Or again, like everybody, you can just Google Smithville Mennonite Church and you'll get right to us. Now, I would love to hear from you. And... Uh, go to our website. You can do that. You can fill out the contact card. You can even listen to past messages if you'd like. But right now, I'm going to leave you with a song that talks about a tree being planted by the water. It's a classic sung by the legendary Johnny Cash. And I know Rich Shetler will enjoy this. It's called I shall not be moved. May you be blessed as you listen. Amen. Glory, hallelujah, I shall not be moved. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the waters I shall not be moved in his love abiding I shall not be moved and in him confiding I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the waters I shall not be I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like the tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. Though all hell assail me, I shall not be moved. Jesus will not fail me. I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the water. I shall not be moved. Though the tempest rages, I shall not be moved. On the rock of ages, I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the water. I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the water. I shall not be moved. I 
shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved, just like the tree that's planted by the water. I shall not. 